What's up, guys? Tua Tungvaluok here, and you're listening to the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. My man. Well, it ain't no potential. It ain't no goddamn credentials. Tune in. This is where it's at. The Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. You know that we got it popping. Oh, yeah. That's apparent. Got a shout out to my homie, one and only Jay Parrish. Yeah. Tune in. You already know what's up. They call him the Fantasy Football Plug. It's time to turn it up. I bet you can't get enough. Got him bouncing like they in Louisiana, huh, bruh? Hey. The Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. Let's go. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? This is Jay, the Fantasy Football Plug, with another episode of the Fantasy Football Plug podcast. Let me get this door shut so my animals stop making so much damn noise. I don't know if y'all seen on my Instagram, Shmoo, our little white cat, he came in here. So if you hear him hollering, I'll see if I can edit that out. Probably can't, so just imagine him giving you a shout-out. Speaking of shout-outs, to start off, I've got a couple. Uh, Hard to start fantasy football, of course. Um, We've got a Dope YouTube channel. Um, shout out Heart to Start Kev, Guccini underscore JD, and the AOB Fantasy Football League. Um, watch their videos, man. It's it's awesome. They know how to put a lead together. They know how to do a draft. It looks like a lot of fun. Almost makes you want to become part of it. Um, draft with Red Zone. I've been talking about him for a little while. Um, I mean, it's go to draft to red, draftwithredzone.com. He offers a draft package that is unreal. It comes with the the draft board, comes with the stickers that are color-coded with each um, position, including the kickers. I know I keep saying it. Kicker haters out there. Um, I mean, it's just – it's a steal to get. It also comes with some ice to put on your finger to represent the championship, um, which for some of you that don't understand that, uh, a ring (laughs) – you can sport that pretty quickly and pretty sickly. Um, go get to draftwithredzone.com. Draftwithredzone.com and get that package. If you put FF plug in the code, you save $20. And $20 even taken off of the regular price is still insane. I mean, it's awesome. So get to draftwithredzone.com and get that. Uh, also, Piggy Bank Picks. Uh, homeboy of mine that I, that I made on Instagram. Um, we keep talking. We keep on meaning to do some more mock drafts. It's my bad, man. I keep passing out at night because by the time I get off work, I'm exhausted. Hang out with the wife and uh, just fall asleep before we even get <laughs> get to get on. But um, I promise you, we'll get another mock draft in here pretty soon. But go to Piggy Bank Picks if y'all want to see some badass analysis and some good posts on Instagram. Um, Bears, Beers, and DeBros podcast. Uh, y'all need to check them out. At Bears, Beers, and DeBros the podcast is awesome. I've been listening to it. Uh, I've been trying to keep up. I've got so many podcasts I listen to, but there's definitely one of them on the top of the list that I like to listen to. Um, shout out to Fantasy Fornicator, Fantasy Sweetness, and the Fantasy Renegade. Keep doing what you're doing, fellas. It's it, You got it on point. Um, somebody I just recently met on there that, that I got to tell you, made me the happiest dude in the game, Sneaker Game Michigan, at Sneaker Game Michigan. It... Okay, I would normally go to StockX or East Bay to try and find shoes and stuff. I've got a size 15 foot, and it sucks because it's damn near impossible to find shoes. Not because they're all jumping off the shelves, but, I mean, why the fuck make them if not too many people have that size shoe? It just doesn't make sense for a company to do that. I get that, but I've never owned a pair of Jordans, and, uh, excuse me, I've always wanted to, and this dude... 
at Sneaker Game Michigan is giving me the opportunity to get the ones that I want so bad. The closing ceremonies, those lows with the gold and white, I cannot fucking wait to cop those. Um, Going to be a birthday present from the missus. Shout out to uh, Miss Fantasy Football Plug. Love of my life. She is going to get me hooked up with that. And I'm going to keep talking to old boy because I've got a few pair I want to get. I want to get the cool grays. If he can ever get the Bel Airs, I want to get those. Um, I just I got really excited whenever I saw this this uh, Instagram page. I don't know if y'all can hear that scratching and shit in the background. That's that's Cam, little motherfucker named after Cam Jordan, who Cam Jordan gave a shout out to, and uh, Shmoo running back and forth. So that's the Fantasy Football Plug podcast um, mascot. So. They're acting full, so I apologize if you can hear that. And if you can't, my bad for even mentioning it. Anyway, uh, at Burgers Brats, they have a podcast that's on iTunes and Spotify that's actually pretty hot. Y'all need to check it out. It's really good, at Burgers Brats. Um, Fantasy Football Goat, uh, at FF Goat on Instagram. Podcast is sick. I mean, the dude's got some shit going on. I think I got it. um, Been listening to it on SoundCloud, uh, but he's going to be getting it on some other uh, streaming options, so... Cop that to at Fantasy Football Goat, um, at FF Goat, excuse me, Pint Glass Football Podcast on iTunes and Spotify. I've been talking with these guys. I'm hoping to get on here pretty soon with them. Um, we've been talking back and forth about it. Uh, we'll see whenever we can get that happening. Um, let me see. I hope I'm not forgetting. But Oh, the Pylon Playbook. I'm supposed to be doing something with them today, possibly. We'll see if we can link up. Um, it's at the Pylon Playbook. They've got a podcast I've been listening to. It's actually pretty good. They wanted to go over, I want to say the episode that I might be on is wide receivers 11 through 20. So I'm really looking forward to doing that if we can if we can link up. I've got to go do a bunch of errands today. We're finally finishing the basement so I can get everything set up to where I can have a little bit better audio and possibly do a YouTube channel. Um which I'm really kind of hoping to hoping to get done. But, you know, we'll see how that works. Uh, these guys, I'll tell you, are way better than the contractor I had before. Uh, contractors are fucking horrible, man. Uh, sorry if you're a contractor, but let this be a lesson. Or if you, if you hear this and you take anything from this podcast, take this with you. If you tell somebody you're going to get the work done by a certain time, fucking get it done by a certain time. And then give them the opportunity to pay for it afterward. Don't just grab money and disappear. Trust me, I've got a motherfucker that I'm looking for. And if I ever see him, I'm breaking his back. I'm fucking him up on site. And there's going to be some fucking furniture moving. Anyway, that being said, let's get to the episode. Um, so I did an episode before called Mail Motherfucker. And it seemed to go all right. So I've had some people sending me some questions. Um, I'll get to them as we go. Uh, let's see. I've got a question here from George Kotsaftis, I believe, at George K-O-T-S-A-F-T-I-S. Um, his question is, what's going on? Got a quick question for you. If you had the fourth pick in the draft, who would you be looking at? Um, I've got a – what I said was – you know, what I asked him is if it's going to be PPR or standard – um, either way, I know CMC and Saquon will be off the board. So I'd be looking more at Cook, Kamara um, for PPR and either Henry or Zeke, depending on who went third. I'm not, you know, it, it, it's a toss up between who's going third in most leagues. But um, I have a number of arguments for all three of them. But I mean, just to be quick, if, if PPR, Cook and Kamara, um, and this has been a discussion I've seen a lot of 
I lean Kamara in this case only due to injury risk with Cook. Uh, Kamara, I believe, is due for a huge year. I mean, you don't ever hear the word regression with him because, I mean, shit, you can't regress from four touchdowns. Love AK41. Um, yeah, he's he's the running back for my team. Hudak, go Saints. But, you know, we need a little bit more production in the, in the TD area, bro. But um, last year's touchdown total was a fluke. He's going to be used a lot more in the rushing aspect of the game is what I've read. Um, his catch is 81 catches every year since he started in the league. Um, Cook is an injury risk. He's never made it to a fantasy football playoff. Uh, and that's the only argument against him, giving Kamara the very slight edge that he has. If it's standard league and he's available, I would go Henry. He's going to kill it this season, just like last season. He doesn't catch a whole lot out of the backfield, but they're throwing to him a little bit more, so that definitely helps. Um but, you know, the others have an edge on them to me because of – I normally play in a PPR league. but And I can totally see why if anybody would it would pick Zeke over Henry. So it's kind of a toss-up with them. But, you know, I, I think he's going to get a couple more targets this year. So I would go Henry in a standard league and um, Kamara in a PPR. That Those are just my opinions. If you've got a difference of opinion, that's cool. Hey, hit me up. Tell me. Uh, I'm more than happy to argue my point. And shit, if you prove me wrong, fuck, I'll admit it and be like, you know what? You made a good point. I'll go this way. Good on you. Um, hard to start fantasy football. My man asked, what are your thoughts on Allen Robinson? Okay. Now, I I sent him a message with basically this said. Uh, not basically. It's almost exactly verbatim. So, what... <laughs> What I was, I'm big on Allen Robinson. I've always have been. I've had him in every fucking league every year. So you can tell, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. Now, he got hurt by injury. Got hurt by injury. Jesus Christ. Caught the injury bug. Um, I mean, look at his stats. I mean, the guy's a fucking monster. I mean, I don't understand why people sleep on him, but I'm happy that they do because, I mean, shit, I'll draft him. He hit 1,147 yards on 154 targets. 154 fucking targets. Okay, 154. I understand it's from Trubisky, but I'll get into that. So with 98 reception and seven TDs with Trubisky's bum ass throwing to him. So it's almost like Trubisky was just like, fuck it, closed his eyes and chucked it in the air and went toward wherever he saw number 12. And fucking 12 jumped up and caught it whenever it was anywhere near the vicinity of him being able to catch it with his fingertips. He's a beast. He has proven himself to be a monster. Um Foles as a quarterback should be a little bit better. And Robinson has hit 1,400 yards in 2015 when he had Bortles throwing to him. And what is it? 14 touchdowns back then. I know that's five years removed from that, but shit, the dude is still killing it. If he's playing an entire season, bet he's going to be 1,000-plus yards, seven-plus touchdowns. I mean, the dude, he he produces when he's on the field, and I think he's going to be fine. Um, when, what does this dude need to do to get some fucking respect? I mean, Robinson is a clear number one on that team and he will keep getting targets and keep making catches. It's crazy calling him a sleeper, but he will finish higher than his ADP. Um, let's see here. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, looks like that's going to be it for my male motherfucker for today. I'll keep, I've got more questions, but I want to make sure. I get, um, I, I can spread them out a little bit. So this episode is going to be about my top five rookie wide receivers. And I think I'm going to stir some feathers, but 
stir some feathers. Jesus Christ, ruffle some feathers. What the fuck ever. Anyway, <laughs> before everyone loses their shit over my rankings, really listen to why I placed them in this order. And remember, this is just my opinion and everyone is entitled. But if you disagree, you're fucking wrong. And I, I'm, just, I'm just playing. But I'm serious. But I'm just playing. But seriously. Uh, all right. Number one, Henry Ruggs third. Okay. Henry Ruggs is my number one. And I know some people are probably looking at the radio or, or the phone or whatever they're listening on and saying like, what the fuck dude? Okay. Just unsubscribe, whatever. Fuck it. This is my opinion. I'll tell you why. Ruggs is in the best situation to be the best rookie wide receiver for 2020. Hear me? The best situation, not the best receiver, but the best situation. And in fantasy football, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the best talent or whatever. It's opportunity. Okay. I know people don't believe in Carr, but I happen to think when Carr is a true number one receiver, he can shine and rugs will be dropped into that number one role immediately. How the fuck wouldn't he be put there? Darren Waller's a beast. I mean, he's the best receiver on the team right now. And I know that Renfro is, is, is coming up, but he's not a number one. He's just not. Um, He's not an issue in my eyes to Ruggs. He's not going to step, you know, he's not going to get in front of him, get in his way. With Ruggs separation skills and speed, Carr will have a lot of options for getting that kid the ball. Seriously. I mean, they're going to use him in different different uh, scenarios, different plays. I mean, the guy's going to be all over the field. He is going to be the Raiders' Tyreek Hill. And they didn't draft him as the first wide receiver off the board for nothing. Mark my words, Ruggs will beast out. Um that's what I got for Henry Ruggs. I was going to go into some stats and stuff, but then I realized that whenever I get into stats and everything, I can I can draw on for a little bit too long. So I'll just uh, keep moving. Number two, Jalen Rieger. Rieger? Rieger? What the fuck? Jalen Rieger is what I'll just call him. Um, anyway, he's my number two. We drafted to the Eagles out of TCU. Drafted 21st overall. Landed in a great position with the Eagles. He will become the number one very quickly with Alshon and Jackson constantly hurt. They have no choice but to throw to Rieger. They, they don't. I mean, they got Ertz and Goddard, uh, and, Goddard and, that, and that's fine. They're both great tight ends. Kind of pisses me off that Goddard's there because Ertz could be a fucking killer and kind of pisses me off that Ertz is there because Goddard can be a killer as a tight end. It, you know, they've got two beast-ass tight ends. What can I say? It's like Gronkowski and... Uh, and uh, Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez was killing it. Oh, fucking. Uh, see if I can edit that out. Might be a little bit too soon. But fuck him. Um, he's a, <laughs> Rieger's an explosive receiver with really good speed. Um, like I said, really explosive. Has quick feet and is a playmaker. He can make plays out of nowhere. His skill set is best projecting forward into a vertical passing offense as a Z receiver where he can beat press coverage and force defenses to respect his speed or pay the consequences. He can move. The guy is, he's quick as shit. Um, <clears throat> quicker than a hiccup, JR might say from WWE, if anybody pays attention, shout out JR. Fuck that. Anyway, some will say that he had a slower 40 time, but the only reason that he did is because he's wanting to put weight on. Like he's been putting on weight, trying to get a little bit more physical as a receiver. So he's trying to, you know, bulk up, become one of them burly boys. Um, he doesn't want to just be about finesse, which finesse is great, but, I mean, if, if, if you don't have the size and the weight to, to get open, to get a little physical with one of the defenders, I mean, it, you know, finesse doesn't mean shit. you got to be able to get open. 
And he can if you don't respect his speed and his route running, but he wants to get bigger, and I can respect that. I get that. Um, he's basically my 1B to Ruggs' 1A. I mean, they're kind of even as far as the best positions in you know in the draft is for running for a, a wide receiver. So sit back and watch this kitty whenever he starts playing for the Eagles. Um all right, here we go. Number three. This is where everybody's number ones start getting a little bit weird. They st- they start arguing between who's going to be better, this guy or Jerry Judy. And, of course, I'm talking about C.D. Lamb. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ, this guy is good. It's awesome watching his tape and marveling at his catch radius and how he twists in the air like a goddamn ballerina or some shit and catches the ball like he has magnets in his gloves and the ball is, well, a, a magnet. Whatever. You get the picture. Anyway, he drafted to the Cowboys 17th overall out of Oklahoma, and I love why he was drafted. Let me explain. I know he's easily the best receiver in the draft next to Judy. I mean, I know it's a toss-up, but I think after watching the combine, Lamb took it by a by an inch. And I know there's an argument to be made for others, like I said, but <laughs> hear me out. Jerry Jones obviously decided to take him so the Eagles couldn't. <laughs> I fucking love that. The Cowboys needed other things in this draft, but Jerry, like a super villain on his insane yacht, sitting comfortably drafting, took CD Lamb so he could thwart the plans of the Eagles. That's, I mean, that's fucking dastardly. I love it. He may as well have been stroking a cat in his lap and laughing maniacally into the camera like Dr. Evil. Just fucking awesome. I just love it. Um, Lamb is stepping into a number two role. They have Amari Cooper who just secured a hell of a bag for himself, and Dak feeds him. Uh, he's going to keep throwing to, to Cooper. It's just He's got that trust there, and Cooper has shown that he can ball out. There's also Michael Gallup sitting there, who was proven to be a great receiver as well. So Lamb has a few obstacles to overcome. But, you know, he could eventually be the number one, of course. I mean, you know, Cooper can fall off because of injury. Gallup is always going to be a number two no matter what. But, you know, I... A little bit too risky for me to draft him early um, and why he's number three instead of number one or two. Don't sleep on him, though. I mean, it, he's going to show why he was drafted in the first round, and he will become the number one, like I was saying, eventually either because of injury, which I don't risk on anybody, or somebody's going to leave. Something's going to happen to where this kid will end up being the number one. Just not sure when. All right, my number four, Jerry Judy. Um, Jerry Judy is a guy that is in the argument for the top receiver in the draft overall, of course. And I can see why he's a monster and has an unbelievable work ethic. That's one thing I love about Judy. I read this article in Sports Illustrated that I'll go into later on. Um, Just a phenomenal work ethic. This dude was just, I mean, getting into every camp he possibly could. I mean, even at a young age and and the guy, like people noticed him, even whenever he was young, everybody was taking a look at this guy and like, holy shit, this guy's a monster. He's going to be, he's going to be something soon. Um, Judy is easily the best route runner in the draft. Easily that, you know, shout out hard work, shout out work ethic. Um, he can create separation and hit his marks within a centimeter of his assignments, if not dead on. And he has a second gear he hits after his route, much like Julio to get ahead of his defender and make a play. He is a very different or excuse me, very difficult, um, receiver to run with. People can't just keep up. I mean, the guy hits on a dime and goes. He's awesome. Drafted out of Alabama to the Broncos, 15th overall, 
puts him in a somewhat perplexing position to me. Cortland Sutton is the clear number one there and has the trust and connection with Drew Locke. And I know some have Locke as a sleeper or whatever, but I, I need to see more. Um, Locke threw seven touchdowns last season and three interceptions in five games that he started. Okay, not really sleeper material to me, but, you know, uh, I know guys out there that will constantly tout him as a sleeper. And if he falls short, you know, the, the, the amazing thing about fantasy football analysts or quote-unquote analysis, whatever, anybody can say whatever the fuck they want. And if they hit, they're the smartest person on earth. And if they don't, they're like, oh, pff, whoops. I mean, you never know. You can never tell. Uh, shit happens. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the best out there. I've won championships. Great. I have lost. Great. I'm just, I'm just a guy who loves fantasy football, loves talking about it. And if you want to take my opinion for what it's worth, I'm happy to help with whatever you have. Answer questions to the best I can. I've answered questions that people have asked and they said I was a fucking idiot. I just look at them and said, why the fuck ask me if you know so much? But then at the same time, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. They can say what they want, do what they want. Like I said before, fuck everybody else's rankings. If you've got an idea and you feel in your heart, in your head, and I mean fucking your whole body just fucking goes nuts over this one guy, go fucking go for it. Get him. I I appreciate you guys listening. I'm not trying to, to make you think like, fuck listening to this guy's podcast. I mean, keep subscribing, keep keep reviewing. I mean, I love having listeners and thank you all for listening, but it's it's shitty when you have Guys in this industry, industry, Jesus Christ, it's fantasy football. It's a game. It, in fantasy football, who are out there giving people, you know, suggestions and tips, and then all of a sudden they're just like, oh, well, you know, I'm the best in the game. I'm, I'm changing the game. I'm doing this, that, and the other, and I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm the bad boy of fantasy football and what I'm going against the grain. Okay, and then if you're wrong, then what? Whoops. My bad. And if you're right, you're the smartest motherfucker on earth. I'm not that guy. I'm not, look, I don't mind saying I told you so, but other than that, I'm not a prick about it. So just saying other guys out there, just fucking relax. Okay. It's a fucking game. You're not the end all be all of fucking fantasy football. Neither am I never said I was. I just really enjoy it. I love it. And if anybody wants my opinion, I'm always happy to give it. Anyway, I digress. Sorry I got off on that fucking tangent. Anyway, <clears throat> here we go. Luckily, Judy is so good that if the ball is near him, he can grab it. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just saying that Locke threw seven touchdowns and three interceptions in five games. Whatever. But Judy is so good that if you put it in the vicinity, that he's going to get that fucking ball. And John Elway isn't the type of GM who drafts a player and doesn't try to make himself look good in the process. Kind of like I was talking about. You got guys who will give you analysis. If it hits, they do everything they can to make themselves look good. If it doesn't, all of a sudden you don't hear shit about it. They're not like, oh, you know what? I said this last season. My bad. You don't hear apologies. So that's how Elway is. At least it's what I've noticed. And. Old, old fucking big teeth out there saying, I, I made sure we drafted the guy first, so, you know, this is on me. Not the skill of the player, not the skill of the quarterback play, nothing. It's, oh, it's, me, it's me. I just, I hate the guy's face. I, I don't know. Y'all know me. You've heard me whenever I don't like somebody, I just fucking go off on him. Fuck Elway. Um, well, I mean, he, he does that to make himself look good unless you're a QB. 
for some reason he'll draft a QB and quote unquote believe in him. And then all of a sudden he's done after a fucking quarter of football <laughs> and then he'll just go get somebody else. I, I don't get it. I guess because he was a quarterback and he thinks he's the greatest of all time, which he isn't. Um, it's just weird how that works. Anyway, Locke is going to try and show that he's a talent at the QB position and he's going to feed his receivers. Let's just hope that Judy gets a seat at the head of the table with a large plate whenever he decides to feed his receivers. Like that? Yeah. Number five, Justin Jefferson. Um, a lot of people who are listening to this that know me know I am a LSU Tiger fan. I'm a big LSU fan. I'm from Baton Rouge and, you know, go Tigers. Go Tigers. As our new coach, Orgeron, would say, that motherfucker is a cartoon character of what Louisiana is, and I fucking love it. Anyway, drafted out of LSU to the Vikings 22nd overall. He's in a great spot next to Adam Thielen, honestly. I might I might have an argument to move him above the other two just for position's sake, but hear me out. He's basically replacing Stefan Diggs as he steps into the 1A, 1B spot next to Adam Thielen. Jefferson will step into a Kirk Cousins-led offense, and Cousins likes to throw as if to try and show he should be considered in the elite QB conversation, so he will get targets. Jefferson tracks the ball well. He is a red zone threat, makes contested catches. He's a quality route run, runner, has great body control, and has late hands. What are late hands, you might ask? Late hands is something I always like to see in a receiver. Late hands are when a receiver is being defended, and the defender, of course, watches your hands to see if they can track where the ball is so they can try and deflect it or intercept it. Jefferson has late hands that make it damn near impossible for the defender to know when the ball is going to drop. I love that trait in a receiver. Say he's looking back, he's not, and he's just pumping his arms, just running, and then all of a sudden where the ball pops up, that's when his hands pop out. It's, it's incredible. Julio Jones is unbelievable with that skill. I fucking love watching Julio Jones when he receives. If he's running, I mean, if he's just running the fucking route, just, just down the field, and you got a defender on him, you don't see Julio's hands cupped to catch that ball until that ball is right fucking there. So if you can defend Julio Jones, you're a fucking monster, and I'm, I'm rooting for you, but Julio's a beast. Anyway, Jefferson isn't the strongest receiver, so it may behoove him to add some muscle in the offseason so he can become more physical. Um, but other than that, I think Jefferson's in a great spot. Um, I'm going to give one honorable mention, then I'm going to close out. Uh, T. Higgins. I was asked a question about T. Higgins before uh, in my mail, motherfucker, uh, episode. And I'm going to go ahead and just bring that over here. Just just so, you know, I can I can one, fill it a little bit more with something and, and give you something on, on another guy that I think will, will have a, um, a decent year and a great career. As he goes, um, I'm okay with anyone who wants to draft Higgins in like a dynasty league. Um, he's going to a rookie year with a rookie quarterback in Burrow. Uh, that's always a good thing. So they they will create a connection and a rapport quickly, in my opinion. Plus Higgins having A.J. Green, who he has been likened to in the draft. He's going to have him to mentor him for at least a season. And that's going to benefit Higgins tremendously. I know Boyd is there too, but I believe Higgins will surpass him as the number one when Green is gone. Boyd is a great number two. Okay, 
he's a he's a good receiver. I can't I can't fault anybody for wanting to draft Boyd. He's gonna he's gonna put up some good numbers. I think. Um, Higgins may even become Burrow's number one B to Green as one A. You see what I'm saying? They both could end up being number one receivers by their numbers, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, you'll never know with rookies joining with rookies like Higgins and Burrow. And uh, Higgins was a beast in college. I mean, 59 receptions for 1,167 yards in 2019 with 13 touchdowns to top that off, which is strong. I mean, and this is the SEC or was the SEC for him. And that's not an easy accomplishment with those defenses. But, you know, that's my opinion. Um, Anyway, guys, that is it for me today. I appreciate you listening. If you do, please go hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. If you are on Instagram and you send me proof that you did, you will be entered into that drawing on June 21st for a free customized fantasy football trophy for your league. Um, just, you know, if you wouldn't mind doing that, it means the world to me. I'm on iTunes, Spotify, Google, um, any kind of streaming service you can think of, but I really appreciate it, fellas. And if you can go ahead and hit that, hit that subscribe, give me the five-star review, send me uh, proof of it on my Instagram. You can hit me on my direct messages, or you can uh, email me at ffplugpodcast at gmail.com. Anyway, fellas, again, thank y'all so much for listening. Hope y'all have a fantastic weekend. Uh, hope you have a great week. Hope you just have a great time period. All right, I'm out. The Zen philosopher Basho once wrote, a flute with no holes is not a flute. And a donut with no hole is a Danish. He's a funny guy. You missed just that one. Thank you very little. Tune in, this is where it's at The Fantasy Football Plug Podcast You know that we got it poppin' Oh yeah, that's apparent Got a shout out to my homie, one and only Jay Parrish Yeah, tune in, you already know what's up They call him the Fantasy Football Plug It's time to turn it up, I bet you can't get enough Got him bouncing like they in Louisiana, huh, bruh? Hey, the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast Let's go!